I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back with a very special guest today. We are here. It's been a while. I know it's been about four episodes without like the traditional format, or it's been not for a, us. Yeah, f- no, for the audience because we've had the Halloween, Jungle Book, uh, Peach Dragon, which isn't normal animated feature. Oh, that's and true. then Maleficent. And now we are finally back with just a plain old, good old-fashioned Disney thing. And, and and who better to take us than our friend Danny? Danny, uh, say hello to the people. Hello. <laughs> yes, Danny. Danny is my is is our friend, but I know Danny. Danny and I played Dungeons and Dragons together, and I don't know. I know I've mentioned you on either this podcast or Craniacs as the our bard who actually sings songs. Yeah. <laughs> who actually has written songs for our characters so that she can sing them. So, Danny, why don't you tell us um, why you decided you wanted to do The Rescuers today? Uh, so uh, I wanted to do The Rescuers because The Rescuers Down Under uh, was one of my favorite movies growing up. And I know that that's not what we're covering today. But because yes. I love The Rescuers Down Under so much, I dove into the rescuers and watched the original rescuers movie um and i really liked it at least what i remember i remember liking it i don't remember the movie now (laughs) we both of tara and i were talking about how like i don't think i've seen this all the way through it wasn't one that i grew up with and i think i also remember the rescuers done under more and i think that's because of when it came out yes uh mm-hmm. versus like when this one came out because this one is 1977 i am a oh. big australia australian <laughs> file or whatever so i was really into that when i came yeah, out as a kid. but um i remember bits and pieces of it yeah but it's not one that i grew up with you know watching or watching multiple times so i am really excited to go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. I also remember a lot of like behind the scenes stuff on DT, uh, how we say DTV, uh, Disney Channel. Like mm-hmm. I remember one of the big things I remember was this huge doc, like this huge thing that played, I guess, over and over again about how Orville is the name of the albatross in this, correct? I think character? so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Orville, uh, like him landing they did a lot of study of albatrosses doing that weird landing where they kind I of crash that video go on their head and i remember yeah. seeing a lot of stuff about that <laughs> do you remember that like yeah. video footage yes. it must because I, I don't think i remember there was a lot of stuff about characters and there's a lot of this stuff about that very specific scene i truly think i haven't seen this like yeah. in hindsight i might remember parts of it but i don't think i've seen it start to finish well, then that's exciting. I know. This is our third movie we're covering from 1977. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I've, I've got some things on that as well, but um, let me give the synopsis first. Right. It's short. Two mice of the Rescue Aid Society search for a little girl kidnapped by an unscrupulous treasure hunter. So this was based on a series of books. Yes. Um, I didn't, I don't remember who it was written by. It was by. a British children's novel written by Marjorie Sharp 
and the illustrations were by Garth Williams, and it came out in 1959, but there were a bunch of stories, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't just one. But what I found interesting when you mentioned it was the third movie for Disney in 1977, um, um, it was the first time since Pinocchio and Fantasia. They both came out in the year 1940, and then Winnie the oh. Pooh and Rescuers came out in 1977 as animated. So it was the first time since 1940 that two animated features came out in the same year by the Walt Disney Company. And that doesn't happen again till Tarzan and Fantasia 2000. They both come out mm. in 1999. And again, just I always say this in every movie, but we, I've now got these three memorized where the top three pictures that year were Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and Smokey and the Bandit. So that's the ones they're going up against. Yes, and... Uh, to piggyback, sorry to cut you off, to piggyback off of Star Wars, it was the company's first major success since Jungle Book, which was after Disney passed away, and it's the last big success to The Little Mermaid in 1989, and it grossed out Star Wars in many European countries, including France and Germany, so it made more money in those countries. Another low mark against France, (laughs) um, in my opinion, but uh, I, this is... This is an interesting one because, like I said, I, I don't remember that I've actually seen it. It was the last Nine Old Men movie. It was the last movie to have some of the Nine Old Men on it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I should say it received an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it scored relatively high compared to the last several we've done. Now, you and I were talking a little bit about this, um, some some villain stuff, because we're introduced to who I think is, I, I, I like I said, I don't remember a lot from this movie. But I think Madame Medusa is going to surprise us and where she shows up on the villain rankings, right? Yeah, it's interesting. That villain book that I have um, talked about how they really thought she was going to be one of the heavy hitter villains, but audiences didn't receive her Hmm. in the same way that a lot of animators did. And they were wondering if it was because she wasn't as believable because she was almost too comic, like almost like too much the other way. But their intent was for her to be a very, like, intense villain. And I know when Penny freezes when she's gazing into Madame Medusa's <laughs> eyes, it's similar to the Greek myth with Medusa when she would turn people to stone. Yeah. So yeah. that, I know, comes from there as well. What do, but... you, what do you think What do you think about Madame Medusa? Because I've got a little fun fact for you after, e- you, after you. Yeah, uh, I, I just remember... Uh, I remember her eyes. I remember a scene I think where she was like taking off her makeup at the end of the night and she peeled yeah, off, her, off her fake, her fake eyelashes. eyelashes. Yeah. yeah. And that stayed ingrained in my brain for a long time. Now, that's funny because the, 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 the stuff I saw a lot of the animators talked about how much they really, really liked that scene. I was like, I wonder if Danny like bumped on that because <laughs> of, of your, your art background. Yeah. Well, and she, um, in the books, in the stories of that, the, animated version is based on there was a story about a little girl who was captured by a cold cruel elderly woman and they decided that they wanted the villain to be much more flashy with an eccentric personality so they took that story (laughs) and then started working on a villain well part of the reason they wanted that and this is interesting is because there was at one point during production they toyed with the idea of just bringing back Cruella DeVille and having her just be the bad guy in this movie which I thought was very cool. The idea of having like a, like yeah. just being somewhat of, of a sequel, but not really. Yeah, um, well, and they said in the villain book when they mentioned that, 
uh, they said that, you know, they didn't want to go through with a sequel. Yeah. So I guess they, they would have then, I guess, connected the story somehow. Well, I mean, this is also 77 where we weren't really creating these, like, well, cinematic universes. So, <laughs> and the like... other fact about this is this is the first sequel. This is the first Disney picture to well, have a... this isn't the sequel. It's the but first yes, one to have the, a sequel. But yes, but the first yeah, one yeah. to have a sequel. So it's interesting. At this point in time, they didn't want to do a sequel. And then this is also the movie that has a sequel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I found interesting when it comes to the sequel is they... Um, the film was so popular when it came out in 1977... It led to a spin-off television series in 1989. It was supposed to, but yeah. it changed it. Can you guess what television series came out that was originally supposed to be a Rescuers TV show? In 1990. Chip and Dale. Yes. Yes. Oh, so <laughs> 19, yeah, 1988 yeah. is when it came out. But once they greenlit the sequel to come out in 1990, they scrapped what was the TV series for the Rescuers. And then, yeah, it was replaced with Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. I, I have never seen Ch- I can't remember ever seeing No, that's a lie. Really? No, I saw Monterey Jack. Why do I feel like I've never seen Chippendale's Rescue Rangers? I don't know. It's pretty I feel like forgettable. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think about Chip or Dale in that. I think about uh Gadget, who I think we've discussed I had a weird crush on, the fly <laughs> whose name I can't remember, and Monterey Jack, who was amazing with his like cheese. <laughs> his, his mustache would get all weird. Um, I have I have pitched the idea of us doing little uh, things on like the pilot episode of the uh, 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 Disney afternoon shows. We'll have mm, to see at if that some happens. point. Yeah, oh, um, that's fun. <laughs> so I have a couple more things about Medusa specifically, as well as the animator. And I don't know that I'm going to say his name right. Milt Call. Thank you, Milt Call. Um, he animated all of Medusa and Geraldine Page was the voice of Medusa. And apparently Milt Call said that she nailed every single line in one take, mm-hmm. supposedly. So wow. she was pretty impressive to work with. Yeah, I, I found that so interesting. Can I add a little Milt Call fact? Uh, this was something I wrote. About uh, his wife? Yes. Uh, yeah. This was something I wrote <laughs> that I got from one of the uh, 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 behind the scenes I saw. <clears throat> Madame Medusa was based on animator Milt Call's much-hated ex-wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like someone else saying it and kind of I don't remember it felt like a, not one of the other old men being like yeah it was based like yeah, well, I think uh, it was agreed man. around the studio the fact like, I read the fact I read was he didn't care for her so yes. it wasn't written as much hate it I might have but, editorialized um, we wrote I, I did this study a little bit uh, further back than I tend to do but yeah so. yeah they also they also credit that he took uh inspiration from other live action characters from other films although they don't list them and they also said that ursula's inspiration comes from her a little bit so there is like medusa inspired ursula a little bit and i don't know where those similarities might be i don't want to knock medusa before we see her but like i you know Come on. Oh, Urs- I know. Ursula, <laughs> Ursula but... took the ball and ran with it. Yeah, hard. yeah. But And then the other thing that they wrote here, too, when it comes to her coloring, her clothing, she has, like, that fiery, like, red, almost, like, pink-colored dress and mm-hmm. her orange hair. And Penny has the blue jumper. Those colors representing, like, good and innocence versus evil. You see that in Beauty and the Beast with Gaston and Belle. Uh, you mm-hmm. see that in Aladdin, and you see it in Hunchback. So I thought that was interesting too—that those colors kind of stay for certain films as well. 
Um, I've got a little fact that I don't think the two of you will have been as interested in as so much as eighth grade Ryan was super interested in. <laughs> okay. And that is about the frame of uh, a oh, nudie movie that I was somehow inserted too. into a print of this film. Do you know about this? What? No. It's a naked woman is what I I've read. S- I'll s- listen, we, I don't want to say we'll put it up on Facebook. <laughs> a topless we're a, woman, we're a, excuse me. We're My a, notes said yes, a topless woman. We're a family show. But it's a ni- it's it's nineteen seventy seven. It looks like a 1977 skin movie when they're like <laughs> diving down past the uh, they fly through when they're flying through flying the city. by windows. One of the windows just has a frame from a nudie movie in it. Oh and my gosh! I think this was one of the first things that started. There's a bunch of stuff with Disney like the phallic shape in the, yeah. in the Little Mermaids thing and like the but. Things doing that. I think this What's started different? a lot of the um, like, let keep an eye out for those naughty animators. <laughs> but I think what's different about this is it was actually recalled. So yes. Disney, but whereas I feel like some of the other ones they don't always like re. They don't them. recall them. They'll re-edit them. Like there's the thing that was when Simba jumps in the leaves, and it. I I think it says SFX because it was like the special effects team. But like everyone's mm-hmm. like, it says sex, and like that's not there anymore. Oh. I don't think they recall it. Well, but I think they, note, t- they change it. My note for this one specifically said Disney recalled yeah. the VHS version of the film in 1999, um, and it was 28 minutes into the film when it appears. So this one was specifically recalled. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so, impressed. You <laughs> like, like, yeah, <laughs> I just found that interesting. Because, I didn't know that. Oh. T- no, um, yeah. It was it was this movie and then Roger Rabbit was the other one that to me was like the folklore of there was a shot where you could see up Jessica's dress and stuff like that mm. and she wasn't wearing <laughs> underwear or something. Yeah. But I feel like this is the start of this weird like what kind of naughty things can we that, that are these mm-hmm. you know mostly all male animators mm-hmm. who aren't getting home to their wives in a timely manner. Yeah. <laughs> they're like <laughs> funneling that into their work. <laughs> Um, I that's pretty much all I've got. If you guys want to talk about anything else, I've got a couple things to look out for, yeah. and then also, um, we always mention if it was nominated, and I think we talk about this in Pete's Dragon about it being nominated for best original song because Candle in the Wind, no, Candle in the Water. Candle in the Wind is the Princess Dies. Yes, song. so yes. Candle on the Water uh, from Pete's Dragon was nominated. So was the song Someone's Waiting for You from The Rescuers. The song that won was You Light Up My Life, which was from the same movie. The name was the same. But the fact I have here that was interesting is it's the last Walt Disney animated classic to get an Oscar nomination until The Little Mermaid. So this oh, ends wow. the golden age of... Uh, Disney. It started with Cinderella in 1950 and it went for about 30 years. This is the last big success, they say, until The Little Mermaid. Comes I think around. there's a case to be made that the golden age of Disney ended a bit before this and this is just a <laughs> blip in the dark age of yeah, Disney. Yeah, I think they just connect this because this is the first one. I mean, Walt kind of had a hand in this one too. They keep saying it's the first one since he's passed away. I swear to God, but everyone we see, yeah. but he also like this project was in the works while he was still alive. Every so, single mm. one I see says like, "This is the last movie that Walt had a hand in." And then I watch the next one. It's like, yeah. "This is the last movie that mm-hmm. Walt's going to be like." It's going to be tangled, a while and they're going to be like, "Walt had a hand." In <laughs> yeah, I think it goes to the theory that he's frozen somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just waking could up be, to give some be. notes, and then they put him back. So- <laughs> Some of the things to look out for. Uh, apparently, there's a hidden Mickey Mouse watch 
that hangs on the wall in the Rescue Aid Society building. So we'll have to look for I that. I think I remember seeing that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sometimes that when we did Alice in Wonderland with our guest Amanda. <laughs> we there paused was, it. We paused it and kept rewinding it because like, we did not see the hidden <laughs> Mickey. It's in like the flame of the... Dodo? No. That one we saw. We didn't see the Cinderella one. Oh, the that's Cinderella the one. one we were like, yeah. there that's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. so so we have to look out for it, but if you remember seeing it, that that's exciting because yes. that means it's probably pretty easy well, to see. Well, you remember those Mickey Mouse watches? Like that was like a big oh, thing that's where true. Yeah. Like, I actually have yeah. <laughs> on my on my iWatch I have Minnie Mouse. There's a mini they're like yeah, they have I need a to thing of it. Right I mean I believe you. <laughs> well now I'm gonna show it to you. Why would you lie to me about this? There she is. You can get Mickey too, but oh, I have Minnie. Wow. I think my si- oh, she's tapping her foot. She's tapping her foot, and then her hands. That's are the adorable. Clock hands. That's did you, fun. Did you, did you, you remember those the the Mickey watches? Yeah, we had one growing up. Yeah, I remember very distinctly in something. I I boy, I might I this might be a fake memory, but there's <laughs> I think on a uh, um like walt walt disney presents episode there's one where dis where mickey has a michael eisner watch and it's like eisner's hands are moving. <laughs> i i have to look this up now i feel like this i is hope very, it exists yes if not yeah that should. would be someone great needs to, yeah someone yes needs to exactly it. uh <laughs> some of the other things to look out for is there's stock footage of bambi and his mother grazing in a field and you can see that during the song someone's waiting for you or someone's Someone yeah, someone's waiting for you. I want to make sure. I you want to, you keep right. wanting to say someone to watch over me. Yeah, don't you? I think that's, what, that's what's <laughs> happening in my brain. Uh, and then the other thing is apparently there's a goofy holler. Medusa yes. runs <laughs> over Orville with her swamp mobile. Uh, so apparently that's it a happens. Fun sentence. Yeah. <laughs> apparently it happens then, and then it also happens when Orville falls backwards from the top of New of a New York building, and that's at the end of the film. Mm. So supposedly there's two goofy <laughs> hollers. But do you have anything else you want to add, Danny? <sighs> no, I don't really remember the movie all that much. I just remember little scenes, little moments. Well, I'm I'm excited because you know this is. This is one that, uh, you know, some of the ones that I, we also just came off of Pete's Dragon, which was, was a, a real one. bummer. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to see one that, at least, you know, it's got some Academy buzz. It's one that did well. So I think, I think this is going to be good. Well, and I think it's cool too that the sequel led you back to the original, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. kind of a neat, yeah. a neat way to go about it, even though you didn't see the original first. Um being able to go back to it and watching it because you like the sequel so much. So I think that's kind of cool that it was able to do that. Cause I'm sure you're not alone in that, right? Yeah. I'm sure other people also saw the second it's one. It's right in that like chunk. That's like you and me and, and a, a little bit Tara's like, you're a little later. Your, your <laughs> Disney memories are a little later cause you're younger than, than us. But yeah. like, it's right in that. I remember mm-hmm. coming out and being like, I got to see the rescuers down under. And I also remember my, my parents being like, I don't want to go see that. I don't know why, but anyway, <laughs> Um, so yeah, guys, I think it's time that we, uh, take the, the, the VHS out of the clamshell and slam it in the old VCR. All right. We'll see you on the other side. (laughs) Hello listeners. We are back and I am curious on everybody's thoughts. I know for me, I, I thought it was cute. I thought, I thought it was, it was like a delightful. delightful 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I did think it was a delightful movie. You know, it wasn't one that I was like, oh my God, you have to see this. But I enjoyed it and I would watch it again. Well, what did you think coming back to it after a little bit, Danny? Uh, yeah, um, it was a lot more heartfelt than I ever remembered it being um there were moments where it was actually like i was getting close to tears at times um but yeah overall i think it was charming it was sweet yeah i liked it i didn't have any (laughs) tearful moments i'm not saying that being like i'm a marion but like i uh (laughs) like i because i there's lots of movies i watch i'm like (laughs) like i get real like choked up we had a thing once where we saw inside out and when spoiler alert if you haven't seen inside out have you seen inside out yeah, I have. When, when Bing Bong dies, I was trying not to cry. Yeah. And then I spent the rest of the day with a terrible headache because, because I you were didn't trying get to force it out. To not <laughs> like, I like, oh. But I didn't feel like that. I thought it was darker in spots. It was, I was darker in spots. Yeah. And it was scarier. Like, yeah, like if, real danger. Scary. If you're feelings. watching it with kids, it has a good ending that's. Just fine. I don't it's think uplifting. anyone actually yeah, gets it's an hurt, but there, are, but there are moments where you're not sure. Yeah, yeah, and, they're gonna get and, scared at times. And it was, it was, a, it was a surprise, you know, all across. Not a surprise, but it was, it was a pleasant surprise. Like that's the mm-hmm. best way I can think of it. it was, yeah, it was nice. I liked the good guys. The bad guys were super. <laughs> We're, very eccentric <laughs> i'm excited to see where madame medusa is gonna fall on our uh on our ranking yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm a little nervous about over ranking her because she's so new to us and so cool but i think she's gonna go up there yeah yeah well i guess we'll dive in yeah so the movie starts and what was interesting with the credit sequence is <laughs> it starts but before the part that ryan's laughing about it starts with an animated sequence of penny leaving the riverboat and we find out she's tried to run away multiple times and when she leaves the riverboat this time she's leaving to drop a bottle with a message for help and Mm -hmm. that's how uh the rescuers that's how they come to her rescue is they find the note in the bottle so it kind of starts the story right away and then the credits come into play and then it's all like still painting with maybe some like lightning effects yeah but it's the bottle's journey to new york yeah. And I was like, excuse me, I paid for a Disney animated feature uh, and not a slideshow. Thank you. And I will say the credits were a little long. I mean, I know they have to get through everyone's names, but they did feel a little long, I think, because of the way it was designed. And we've also got our first mm-hmm. song over it that's sung by, I believe it was Carol Connors. I yes. believe, I believe who, that was her name. Who sounds like Karen carpenter yes and i can't remember <laughs> i didn't look it up but i thought i read somewhere that the carpenters were supposed to do the music um and i don't remember why that wasn't the case but i remember karen carpenter being from what i read i think she was upset that they couldn't do it because she was a huge disney fan so i don't know what mm-hmm. was the conflict are you trying to find it mm-hmm. I'm yeah it so i'm not sure where the conflict was there but uh, then we see the mice who see the bottle. We find out they're the scouts. They go out and scout and they found this bottle. And then it like, f- it doesn't fade. It like cuts to a black screen. So I like thought we had a tech problem. <laughs> and like the rest of the fade in and out, they're more of a fade. But this one is kind of abrupt because you see the mice with yeah. the bottle. And then it's like an immediately black screen. And then it's a city building. So it's kind of an intense cut. And I'm not really sure why they did that. But. Um, it was just a scheduling conflict oh. for some to reluctantly decline. But it does say Karen was reportedly very unhappy with having to turn down the offer as she was a big Disney fan. 
Yeah, so oh. I knew she was a Disney fan. So yeah, that's a bummer that it was a scheduling thing. But they basically got Schmer and Schmarpender to like do. They that did, yeah. Was, it was <laughs> essentially, like, yeah. yeah. It sounded just like her. I mean, that still sucks for her though, for Karen Carpenter. It's yeah. a big feather in the cap of Carol Connors, though. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> So uh, we cut to this busy city building in New York, and I it's the love... United Nations. Oh yes, thank you. Yeah, and I love. Sorry, I no, didn't mean to, like, that's call fine. You no, 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 that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I love how we see each mouse leaving their human counterpart, like they're coming out of bags and and different things, and like. Yeah, I really like that. I thought that, I thought that was, was kind of cute. Fun. Why are you rolling your eyes? I'm not rolling my eyes. I think this is typically a Disney trope that they like to get away with of like, let's have all the different like stereotypes of countries. But this is a way to do it that makes sense, that plays out to what they do and works perfectly. When you have the African gentleman in fairly African garb, it makes sense he's at the United Nations. Like I think that was a cool way of doing it. And I liked all the mice coming out, like you said, and having the same thing. Yeah, and, and yeah. similarly dressed. And then also, like, they're going to their meeting while mm-hmm. the humans are going to where they need to meet for the day. The, like, I thought that was kind the of The meeting of the Rescue Aid Society? Yes, the Rescue Aid mm-hmm. Society. And uh, they all head to the meeting, and this is where you see the scouts who come back with the bottle. And Bernard is kind of greeting everyone, and I think you see him with a broom. Yeah, he's sweeping um, up because so he's the janitor. He's the janitor, and we find that out. Uh, but he's the one who has to get the letter out of the bottle as well. And the other thing I find interesting <laughs> is that Bianca is late. So I don't know if they... Well, like, so she could have that entrance where everyone's looking at her like... Yeah, oh. she, yeah, yeah, she every, makes a great entrance. Yeah, everybody's like <laughs> oogling her because she's Can, the pretty mouse. Yeah, let's talk about that for a bit because I know we've talked in the past about how Disney feminizes... Uh, d- does does uh, uh, female versions of animals in a way that's like... This is pretty without being like yeah, too over the top. The and I think they, she's drawn. I, I like the way the she's The way designed. they designed her, I thought she was fine. I think it's the reactions that make you think she's super feminine, right? Like I, and I think it's a little some both, of her yeah. characteristics, but you know, she wasn't wearing lipstick or anything like we've talked right. about sometimes uh and like, like make the girl, my music or something. The girl rabbit yeah. in Bambi and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. where it's like overly sexualized yeah. i don't think she was no i don't think, I think she, she was cool. either what do you think danny yeah i agree i i really like the way that she was she was drawn and portrayed now danny also had a good point because one of the design characteristics of bianca is she seems to always be wearing furs which and danny asked <laughs> where what animal are these Would furs she be coming wearing? from yeah and i'm not sure right at the end of the movie when we all went oh no and really had a dark <laughs> Yeah, I had to really think about it. Um, And I guess being from Hungary, it's cold there, so that's why she's wearing furs. So I get like that. Yeah, but I, I, yeah. Do they present her as the Hungarian (laughs) candidate, or is it just because it's either the board? It says it on her, like her little, like everyone's got their countries on a name tag looking thing. Now, this is her, Eva Gabor's second, I think, Disney. Yes, she was uh, Duchess? Yes. No. Yes. Oh. yes, Duchess. That's is that the name of the mom in Aristocats? Oh no. No, that's the name of the daughter, isn't it? Or is that the mom? I don't know. Some people are screaming at the <laughs> People phones are yelling, right now. yelling at their at their uh radio. The, yeah. Okay, grandma. I well I listen to mine I listen to the podcast in the car, so oh, okay. I was trying to think how else to say that, but um but anyway, uh we talked about how we like that she raises her hand for the assignment. So mm-hmm. there's this whole sequence yeah. before that where Bernard has to get 
the letter out of the bottle. And this is where we find out he's superstitious and everybody kind of like <laughs> just says, oh, don't worry about it. Like he counts the steps on the comb he's to get up to the bottle. The number 13. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, but there's 13 steps. And the chairman's like, oh, go like kind of just brushes him on and like makes him go get the note. Have we talked about how Bernard is voiced by Bob Newhart? We have not. No, I was trying to look up kind of where this was in his career. And I think the Bob Newhart show had, had been on for a while so it was you know it, it wasn't an early get i'm used to kind of hearing him i think as an older adult yeah some i like his stuff. voice uh as mm-hmm. his character. i do too well i like that he's got the uh like stuttering not stuttering specifically but kind of jilted repeaty speech he's got like a nervousness to him too yes. yeah because yeah. i feel mostly because i feel like sometimes that's how i talk <laughs> where i'm like trying to think of the word and i have to like stumble <laughs> on it so yeah yeah, uh, it was but, part of what made him charming, I think. I thought I agree, it was very yeah. charming. I like that he was, I mean, they did the whole, like, good-looking girl with a chubby guy trope, but I think it wasn't too bad I mean, in they this were case. both round mice. Like, yes. she wasn't skinny, <laughs> skinnier than him, I don't think. Yes, she was. She, he, was a, he was a bigger guy. <laughs> but I also think he was wearing a shirt that didn't fit him. So, Fair. Like, was he was another... wearing, like, almost like a Winnie the Pooh shirt to where, like, his belly had to have stuck out. When, like when... the mice in Cinderella. Well, like the mouse <laughs> scouts in this, to which I was, like, as yeah. a former, as an Eagle Scout myself, I was saying, get your get your uniform in check. Come on. <laughs> have some pride. Yeah. But the whole, like, him going into the bottle and then, like, he pulls the note out and then he falls back into the bottle. And then when <laughs> Bianca... uh volunteers for the mission they go into well this isn't the way of doing things but now i guess we can you know of it they do yeah they, i got the, the impression that says something like that were you yeah saying i got the impression that that she was the first woman to to go or the first oh. female I got the mouse i guess because he was like we usually don't do things this way like yeah the, i for, i didn't write it down and i should have but the the like actual language that the chairman uses is essentially like it's all always been men or it's all yeah hey hey ladies i completely believe you i just as a as a member of the patriarchy myself i didn't recognize it at first (laughs) sorry but then when he says that somebody should go along with her to look after her because it's dangerous everyone this is where you get like everyone loves her and falls for her and so all of the the hands of the different mice go up and then she decides to take bernard who's still in the bottle which i also think is just funny that I like, she chooses him i like that she immediately has faith in bernard i like that she chooses him and it's yeah. like just there there's there's not a lot of um outside of medusa and her gang there's not a lot of like antagonism from like the group there is like oh this is we haven't done this before yeah but they very quickly get over that yeah and, I, mm-hmm. and, I, and there's not like much contention between them they become a team very quickly yeah which i think is kind yeah. of cool um and then it kind of it's another cut again it's not as intense as that first one but it like fades in and out you and didn't scream like oh the feed is dead i was just so annoyed <laughs> thinking that that's what it was but that's not at all how you sound by the way and we have plenty of plenty of proof that's <laughs> yeah. so i'm sorry that <laughs> that was my image in yeah, case anyone wondered <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, so it gets to a rainy night and they're looking for the orphanage. So Bianca and Bernard, that's where they're going to start is the orphanage. And she suggests they take a shortcut through the zoo and they go through the zoo and it's dark. And this is where you see like, she's very adventurous and open to just trying things. And Bernard is kind of the like, 
always thinking Reserved ahead, a yeah, bit. and also mm-hmm. thinking about danger, thinking about what could go wrong. He's brave, but he's cautious. Like yeah, he's not a, a coward, yeah. but he's very like because later, like he will just flat out save her when she has yes, stuff yeah, happens. Yeah. But he is like, we don't need to go if he can keep them from Avoid danger. going into danger yeah. he does that that's mm-hmm. a good way to describe it and that's what happens here is he goes to investigate why it's dark you hear a loud growl he runs out and then i love that bianca's like well you'd be upset too if you were woken up in the middle of the <laughs> night like she kind of defends the lion a little bit and he like agrees with her he's like yeah i guess i did yeah uh but then they wind up climbing through a window in the orphanage and it reminded me because it was raining it reminded me of lady and the tramp when she leaves the window open mm. and Aunt Sarah and the rat gets in. Yeah. But so it's yeah. like a similar this is a thing nice where. a version of that. Yeah, but it's a similar <laughs> thing of like, why is the window open in an orphanage with in children the in the rain? <laughs> but anyway, that's how they get in and they find her box. There's a box of Penny's things that say hold until further notice. And this is where we see one of the best characters. Do you, is, do you like Rufus? Ru- Rufus, an old cat? Yes. Yeah. Good. I love he's like, mice. And they're like, cat. And then he's like, they, they, and his concern is not like, oh, I have to eat these mice. He's like, if they find mice in here, I'm out of a job. You have to yeah. go. Yeah, like, they're not going to let me stay. He's too old to chase them, but he's yes. like, please leave. This is going to get me in trouble. Like, yeah. I love this idea of like, whenever mice show up, he like negotiates with them. Like, you have like, to go. Just take what you need and leave. Uh, but he then tells the story about how Penny ran away and we then uh well it's the story of her mentality so that it, he says she wouldn't just run away but at first he tells them she ran away oh yeah yeah, yeah. you're right you're right because right. yeah, i will say that's confusing because he he the, says she the, wouldn't trust medusa the flashback yeah. is her is we're introduced to penny yeah and then he just says like well those weird people who run the pawn shop were trying to get her in the car the and other she day. would never go with them yeah yeah but um, we also noticed that Penny's teddy is a Winnie the Pooh. There's no denying it's a Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. Like, like at first it you're has like, to I don't be. know. Like, yeah, like I thought maybe at like it looked kind of like it. At first you just yeah. But then when you see it with the, the little shirt on him. But yeah. it but it looks uh-huh. like the old Pooh doll. Like, is it wearing a shirt or was its middle just a different color? No, I think middle was just a different color. Oh, really? I thought Which it was Which I think a is like the original Pooh yeah. doll. But like yeah. that, it, it, I think its middle was a little red mm. almost, so it sometimes it looked like Pooh's shirt. And yeah, and, it was. she kept calling it Teddy. I'm like, that's Pooh. Nice brand. And now that, that I know that they released in the same year, it, it's kind of a, a cute little callback, I think. Yeah, the yeah. Winnie the Pooh thing's a little different because they released the shorts earlier and then they packaged them and released the whole oh, thing with a different I thing. See. But it's still like a cool yeah, connection, yeah, yeah. yeah, to have. Yeah. First, they're gonna put Cruella Deville in this movie. They're gonna put Winnie the Pooh. This I is just know. the early, the early Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, is gonna be all the, only... the all the Disney Avengers coming together. She's the only person who can talk to animals. Like Christopher Robin can talk to Winnie the Pooh and the gang. Granted, I know that they're supposed to be like his magic. Yeah, yeah, but still, I, uh, I, I, I was wondering about that if, if this world because i don't remember who they're saving they're saving a little boy in the next one can he talk to them i think so do you think it's just like a this is i'm so glad you're doing both of these because this would be fun to go back and then like <laughs> yeah. come up with these theories and then see them again and see but, if they um, show up I, I I wonder if he talks to him. I wonder if it's just like little kids talk to well, animals and then you grow up, you don't anymore. Yeah, at yeah. the end when she's talking to the news anchor. news anchor, she says she wants to say hi to her friends who helped save her. And she tells him, well, of course I can talk to mice. And I know we're jumping ahead, but then that news anchor does like the, the 
worst mean <laughs> mug to the camera of like like leans yeah. into the frame when she's like i want to say to my friends and he's like what a girl talking to mice like it's like all right um but to circle back to rufus my Sorry. favorite character no you're fine uh i wrote here i love the relationship between rufus and penny when we see that flashback and she's yeah. like petting him and purring him and we loved every time she was holding him because it's so. That's how you hold ladies. It's, it's not how I hold ladies. She's you, fifty-five it's, pounds. It's when lady is sitting away you don't like on the on the couch and you want her to cuddle with you and you Elmira her into your arms. All right, all right. I don't Elmira her that. I'm not that that rough with her. But uh, it is like when you think of kids holding cats, and I think even adults holding cats. Like cats try to squirm. Like cats never really want to be held. No. And I love the way that like she holds it. To where like his head is sticking out of her arm but his body's flailing a little bit yeah ollie johnson animated that scene which is funny because if you look at ollie johnson in the later years of his life he looked a lot like rufus oh really um and uh, <laughs> he said that he wanted to show this kind of love between the two characters that it was obviously annoying like rufus was not being carried correctly but rufus didn't mind and he yeah. put a lot of time yeah. in i that think that scene. came through sweet it, there isn't a lot of time with her and rufus and i think that came through pretty strongly and so then it cuts to Medusa's pawn shop. So that's where they're headed next because that's what Rufus has told them. And they see a book and I think it's got Penny's name in it. It's, it's got... a first grade reader. So that's oh, one that's of the reasons they're okay. like, this doesn't belong here. And then I, it looked like they were tiptoeing, but that might've been the way that their feet were animated when they were walking. But to me, it almost looked like they were tiptoeing to be well, quiet. It's like quiet as a mouse. So I mean, I, I think oh, that's I guess, part of yeah. it. Yeah. I never thought about that. But at first, uh, Bernard gets scared by the cuckoo clock that goes off. And they kind of, <laughs> after that, then the phone rings. So it's like a lot is happening. They're getting scared. They run and hide. And then this is where Medusa comes in. And she is <laughs> wild. She is so, she she is Cruella DeVille. Like, she isn't, mm. but her mannerisms are similar. Her entrance is similar. Her energy is similar. Cruella enters yeah. the room and owns it. I feel like Medusa feels like she felt like she was put upon to like do anything. Like, ugh, well, ugh. like, like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's very similar. I'm trying to do the differences between them, but yeah, she has a very yeah. similar. Like, she also has like a little bit of a slinky dress, but not necessarily like the it, most form fitting. And yeah, which is similar. <laughs> Uh, Cruella is like very skinny. Medusa's a little bit more. Uh, what would you say? Gourd shaped. Yeah, she's she's a little she's a little rounder in some places. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is if you I don't know I should have said this beforehand, but she has they were trying to draw her and be kind of ugly but yet pretty at the same time and and when when Milk <laughs> called draw her, drew her he was kind of like huh. I used the same uh, facial, ex- the same face as when Mad Madam Minim is pretty. Oh, <laughs> like the same like makeup as someone. She's like, yeah. I can. That be is interesting. Like yeah. if you look at them next to each other, their noses I think are yes. similar. Yes. When she's pretty, now that I'm I'll, thinking about I'll, uh, it, I'll post it. I'll yeah. post a comparison. Also, her fingers were like her. She had such long fingers too, which mm-hmm. gets like really intense when she's like asking for the diamond and like her hands are in her face a lot. I she think, was animated wonderfully. Yes, I was gonna yeah. say the exact same thing. I, I the <laughs> only thing the, the I will say the thing that puts Cruella Deville above her in my opinion. I think we were saying oh the voice actors hit it and everything. I the voice was my least favorite part of Madame Medusa to be honest. I thought she was really? fine, but she wasn't 
mem- like like Cruella Deville just darling, yeah. I'm back, blah blah. You know, like <laughs> per- Perdita's the dog. What was what was Perdita the- and Pongo what was and the- Roger? What was what, what was the wife's name? Anita, oh, right? Anita. Anita. I was Anita. Say Anita. People are screaming at us. Yes, again. yes. Thank Anita. You. Anita, darling, like that is so memorable, and yeah, I think. So much of the animation and the character, and I, I think the voice actor did a fine job, but I think what kept it from being a Hall of Fame top three villain was <laughs> a little bit of the voice, and I think the animation was good. I think her, and t- she was scary. We'll get into that later. Yeah, but well, that was I even the one wrote here I... like those bright green eyes, and oh. I think they're brightest in this scene because they're a different green a little bit later, but they're like very green here, and that coat that she wears. So she answers the phone. And she, this is where we're kind of introduced to Mr. Uh, Snoops. Yeah, just because that's well, what she's talking to on the phone. Bah, bah, bah. Like, did you listen yeah. to what he was saying? It was just, <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 blah. and she's like, <laughs> the diamond. Oh, you know, that kind and of one sided movie. Exactly. And that's also how the mice get all the information they yes. need. And we, as the viewers, know okay, she's going to head out to. Um, Devil's, Devil's Bayou to, and go to help him get the diamond and that's where Penny is. But as she's packing her suitcase, she throws on this coat that is, it's another wild coat, kind of like Corella's coat where it totally changes her shape and like yeah. everything about her when she throws the coat on. I absolutely loved it. Like there's so many <laughs> interesting things with her. Um, and so she's packing the, the suitcase. Bernard gets in the suitcase. Bianca can't get in. There's this strap and we weren't sure what it is. And it was confirmed. It is a bra <laughs> strap because she drives away wildly in Corilla's car. It is yes, pretty much the, the almost the same car. And she's driving crazily. Because Disney does not think women can drive. There's a line oh later where With Bianca, Bianca was like, where the, the Orville dry, runs a red light and, and Bernard's like, he ran a red light. And she goes, oh, I do it all the time, darling. And I'm like, uh-huh. Disney yeah. is like, women drivers. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> so when she's driving around, the suitcase flies out. And that's where we get the confirmation that it was the bra. Because did you all s- of the clothing flies out. Did you did you see her bra when it came out? I think yeah. so. It's a, the, I just, for some reason... Ping again, probably when I was younger, I was like, ooh, bras. <laughs> but like, it's the it's the weirdest looking bra. It looks like two bowls. Like, it's so yeah, not. It was super weird. Yeah. A bra. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if it's because that's how bras looked in 1970s. <laughs> I'll have to do some research and guys will get back to Well, me. there were. I mean, this goes down a different tangent, but I feel like in the 60s and 70s, it was a lot of like, don't wear a bra, wasn't it? Bra burning? Yeah. Maybe. No, I think by the <laughs> 70s, they were. They, it was It was a different, they'd moved away from that. But like that thing, I wouldn't burn that because the way it looked is probably had like asbestos in it. <laughs> it looked, yeah, it did not fumes, look good. Yeah. So she heads off, no suitcase, I guess makes her way to the airport and they, um, they go back. I guess to pack Bernard and Bianca because we see them the next morning mm-hmm. rushing to get to the airport and then over the loudspeaker in the airport they ask for a Mr. Jenkins. Oh God, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> At the time, I was like, everybody stop! Like Danny was, of course, kind of watches us. We watch at the same time over something, and I and I I didn't hear her <laughs> respond. So I was like, Danny, are you still there? I need to know that you heard him. Um, my name was said in this movie. <laughs> Like a child, I needed the validation. The validation, immediate validation. So this is when we find out that they're not going to get on a plane, right? Mm -hmm. It looks like they're going to get on a plane as they're in the airport, and they head to the Albatross Flying Service. And 
We had some questions about like who's running the radio and the command center because Orville was, I guess, calling in yeah. to see if he could land and if it was the all clear. And so Bernard has to give him the all clear. And, and it's like a chair with a radio, like a human was there normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a little bit confusing, but uh, I loved the Air Force song. Uh, off we go into the wild blue yonder is playing, and Orville hums it later when he's going to take off later on. In Probably the movie. cheap to get, yeah. <laughs> Probably, uh, <laughs> but he reminded me I, of cousin Eddie in the beginning, like a little bit of the way he was animated. From cousin Christmas Eddie Vacation. from Christmas Vacation. A little bit the way he was animated, a little bit the way his speech pattern, the way he was talking a little bit. Well, Eddie almost <laughs> wears like a pilot looking hat when yeah. he's out there like yeah. dumping yeah. the, you know what. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, Clark. <laughs> we can't say that on I know podcast. we can't say it on the podcast. You can fill in the rest. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is another moment where we see that Bernard's superstitious because as they're climbing up to get on Orville to have him fly to take them to their destination. There's 13 steps. And I love that Bianca's like, we'll just jump over the last But she's one. not mm-hmm. dismissive. It's, oh, we'll just, yeah. she helps. Exactly. She comes up yeah. like, I think I, they're a good pair. And that's what I, I like about yeah. it. And you love that they were in a sardine can. Like you loved all of <laughs> Well, I love everything. Like yeah. how do they make it? Like the, the, the stairway was on like an old, those old roller skates that just looked like you, they're only the bottom. Mm-hmm. And like, I just loved any of that the stuff. The same with uh, the society when they're in their meeting, like the steps that the chairman goes up to the stage are like two pencils, like put yeah. together mm-hmm. with stuff. Like a lot of thought was put into how to make things work in their world. So maybe right? that's where her furs come from. It's like shed hair from something. <laughs> that's like... Aw, com- yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, no, I- it's just funny <laughs> to think about, but it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. like... I, I'm trying to... like the, the, the hides of their dead enemies. Like, I'm trying to make it not like that. I like, I like the shed fur. That's cute. Yeah, yeah I do too. Um... And so then it cuts to the Devil's Bayou, and we see the swamp, we see the riverboat, and we see that Penny is trying to run away again. Mm-hmm. And so she gets down off the riverboat, and then we see Medusa with the crocodiles, and oh. they're also <laughs> alligators. It's America. Oh, I thought she kept calling them crocodiles. No, did she? That's wrong, though, because it's American. America only has alligators. It's a good question. I thought they were crocs, but okay. Well, did you see how their teeth? <laughs> That's how you tell this is a crocodile. Oh, really? Uh, well, their names were Nero and Brutus. Yes. So uh, they were, she sends them after Penny. And then we see, this is where we first see Mr. Snoops, I believe. We, like, yes. He comes out of the boat. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> like the most put upon, oh. like, like beta male, like, uh, I just, this whole guy was like, oh, Medusa. Like, like, and then at the, spoiler alert at the end when she's like, it's mine, like turns on him. I'm like, of course, this guy sucks. He deserves to be turned on. He's got he, no backbone. Uh, he was weird. Her, he was her strange. Pets have more of a backbone. Nero and Brutus, I feel like, have more of a backbone than he does. But... I could have done without him in there. Like, yeah. Other than yeah. she couldn't have called the, cro- the alligators on the phone to like hear everything at the beginning. Yeah. And so... <laughs> She then goes after them in the swamp mobile, and I love the whole bit that like it doesn't start and it blows all this exhaust everywhere, and it's just yeah. like this. It looks like a jalopy thing. without wheels. Yeah, it's- and then yeah. he sets his fireworks, Mister Snoop, his flares and his fireworks. 
he shoots them off to give her light as she goes out. And that's what startles Orville. So as they're coming into Devil's Bayou, it kind of throws him off. I think he gets his tail feathers get lit on fire. Yes, his, his, my runner's on <laughs> yeah. fire. And then Bernard and Bianca basically free fall. And this is one of the times where Bernard saves Bianca. He grabs her. And so you talked about, you read somewhere that this character is kind of considered a very strong female, which I feel like. Leading up to this point, she did have, we'll talk about this as always, but she did have more agency than a lot of things. But the first two times, it is Bernard saving her. And we were kind of like, all right, what happened to the strong female? But then Mm -hmm. she saves him two times after Mm -hmm. that. So it does even out in the end. But yes, I agree with you. Yeah, right here is where we started questioning that a little bit. And then when they fall into the swamp, they meet Luke. We eventually find out it's Ellie Mae. Mm -hmm. But Luke and Ellie Mae, which are muskrats, and Luke is chugging a jug of moonshine <laughs> that like plays a pretty big role throughout this yes. movie. Like anytime <laughs> somebody needs energy or needs to it's be woken up legit or gas needs to get, machina. yeah, yeah. Gas needs to get into the swamp mobile. They use it. Deus XXX machina because they put those X's on the side of it. That's I'm sorry. But yeah, so this is the the moonshine is its own character. I feel like because we see it. The moonshine saves the day. It really does. (laughs) Remember that, boys and girls. (laughs) (laughs) Need a little pep in your step? Drink. Like that's kind of what it was. Yeah. (laughs) So then Orville tries to take off. Once he like lands and like puts the fire out in the water, he tries to take off. And he gets into Medusa into the exhaust pipes, I think, of the swamp mobile. Well, it's like a it's it's a it's a engine that has an intake and an outtake. Yeah, so he like goes through yeah. it. And then that's where the one of those goofy hollers happens that we hear yes. there. There are two, possibly three. We caught another one that we were like, huh. Yeah, it did yeah, that other one did sound like it. So then her I have them as crocs in my notes everywhere. So now you're questioning and now I'm questioning myself because you keep saying they're alligators. I mean there's a there's a, a yeah. argument to be made that she imported them. But they're but not the if bayou. they're crocodiles, they're not uh natural. It I mean it takes place in the bayou, so I would assume that they were just gators. This is yeah. really bothering Tara. Do you want me to look it yeah, up? Yeah, look it yes. up for okay. me. I yeah. know, it bothered me only because I want to say the right name. Like, and I wrote it one way in my notes. Okay, again, after Pete's Dragon, where we spent the whole time going, Pete, I mean Elliot, like the whole time. <laughs> we're, we're, the whole, let's try and get the names right Good first point. time every time is way yeah. out the door. So Nero and Brutus, uh, Catch Penny, and the teddy bear. And I like that one of them is holding the bear and one of them's holding Penny. Well, I think they bring the yeah. bear out first. So you almost go, oh my God, did they eat her? Like, you know, Yeah. That's a good point, yeah. And then um, we're introduced to Even Rude. Is that the name of the dragonfly? Guys, two trained crocodiles. I apologize. It's here in the wiki. But that does mean they are not native to that bayou. But she has a pawn shop, so you gotta think she's probably trained. I'm sorry, let's take this logic down the road. She has a pawn shop, therefore she has two crocodiles? What you cut me off, oh, I'm sorry. I was actually saying she has a pawn shop, so she's probably traded lots of things. Like she's Crocodiles? Probably, why not? It's she. She's probably traded like one thing for another thing along the way. I she doesn't will seem like, never she, make fun of you again if you can get two crocodiles down at the pawn shop. Or, I'm not saying it's like somebody brings them to the pawn shop. What I'm saying is she wheels and deals with a lot of people, uh-huh. so she's probably heard that somebody had crocodiles, and she's like, I'll give you... You're right. 
You're right. It's a, a typewriter. T- it's a Tiger for- King. Okay, wait. Now, well, now let's back up on this. So, I was literally trying to think of something that would be in a pawn shop. She, she literally, she literally later in the movie has like piles of jewels, and you're like, I'll give you a typewriter. Well, she's for not that. partying with those jewels. You saw how much she wanted. She that didn't devil. care about. Yeah, there's she no way. I don't know. I just, I just. Either way, she's but got do, items she can trade with. I think she knows a Tiger King like figure who yeah. deals in crocodiles. Yeah. that's my theory. Yeah. <laughs> So, Non-native crocodiles. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that was my favorite tangent we've ever done on it's, this it's show. It's a good one. It's a good one. And I, I'm here for it, and I support it. Considering I was the one who started it. Yeah. No. Uh, she kept picking up her phone and looking at it, and then like when I saw her like putting it down, because she's like, I'm going to have to do more research, and I need to keep talking. I can't talk and look stuff up at the and same time. And I was time. like, let me look it up. She, yeah. She's like, I need to know. So this cuts to even rude. Is that the how do I you think so? Is that how you say the dragonfly's name? Even rude. So even rude. On a hot like butterfly. <laughs> even rude. The dragonfly we find out is the motor on a leaf, which that's the boat that's going to take Bianca and Bernard closer to the riverboat, so they can get a good look yes. and, and see what's going on with Penny. You say boat, it's it's a leaf. I, yeah, I think I said it's a <laughs> okay, leaf. Yeah. That's their boat. Yeah, that's essentially that's their boat. And they actually go past them. And we as the viewer can see they go past them, but yes. they mention the fog that they can't see. And then they stop, and all of a sudden they realize they're in the middle of the two crocodiles. And um, they have kind of a, a a rough night at sea scene. Where yeah, and Bernard <laughs> saves Bianca, Bianca again. again. This is another part where he saves her because she flies out of the out of the boat. And then I wrote here that Penny sasses Mr. Snoops. I love how sassy Penny is to Mr. Snoops. Like she's I not scared of him. She's, she's not scared s- of Medusa. She's not scared of Brutus or Nero. No, either. and she's she makes like, it known to Mr. Snoops that yeah. I'm not scared of Brutus and Nero like you are. Which I think <laughs> sets up Medusa's character in such a good way of like yeah. she's like these al- pardon me, mm-hmm. crocodiles are not scary. Um, the this woman is scarier than these two crocodiles. Yeah, that's a good point. And then can we also talk about how his fireworks display, he can spell things <laughs> got in the girl. sky. Yeah, so that's how we let to know that like Penny's back is it says got girl in the sky. It would have been funny at the end where they set off all the fireworks so just random letters went up and it was like, Jay! Like, <laughs> that, yeah, like, oh, that would have no. been good. Um, I also the love... alphabet fireworks. Yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 like alphabet soup, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love when... Medusa reappears. This is another great entrance when she walks into the riverboat and it's a cloud of exhaust that she walks yes. into. Oh, she yeah. lands. She comes up on that ramp yeah, and she... lands, which looked great because... Yeah, she I... doesn't land in the water with the swamp mobile, which that's where it is when she leaves. I'm pretty sure it was using the same <laughs> technique they did to film, I think, her car and also Corella DeVille's car where yeah. they're... Yeah, they're actually filming a live car mm. and just it's black and white and they go over and paint over it in a certain yeah. way. Mm. They they did you did you ever did you listen to the one hundred and one Dalmatians episode? I I don't remember if I have. They take a car that's all black and they paint the the lines of it and then they just filmed it doing stuff and then they went back and painted over it and added oh. like so some of that in hundred and one Dalmatians is live action, like painted over. And I will say Oh, that's did- cool. And I think that's what they do with the boat when it lands, the way it goes. And didn't they use some of the same techniques that started in 101 Dalmatians with the Xerox? Because some of the lines and things with how Medusa is drawn looks like that. This is still the Xerox. Reminiscent of that. Yeah, I think we're Xerox probably 
up until I mean, Little Mermaid I, or before? We're going to find out if the Little Mermaid still uses a Xerox, but it's just a refined process, or if they went back to the, tra- the traditional ink and paint method. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was looking at your mug, washing it the other day, and I thought I saw Ariel on it. I might have been making that up. I don't know that she's on it. Maybe but... I was looking at something else, but I don't know. So I'm, cur- I'm curious when we get there. Yeah. Is that is that why uh, there were like a lot of lines and rough quality to it? Yeah, it, it's it's the Xerox uh, era is skipping out the ink and paint, so it's there's no one retracing the drawings. It's basically going straight from animation. Um, it, it's going straight from animation to um, just almost directly onto the screen, and that's why you get all those kind of stray pencil marks I and see. stuff. The Which animators loved see. it, yeah, though, and it's what like, you see. Yeah, and it's what you see. 101 Dalmatians <laughs> yeah. and several other films that we Sleeping done. Beauty was the last one to use the ink and paint method, I believe, is what we we said, and I, I it's so. You know, we're we're getting a little in the weeds here, but it's so starkly different to me, and I like oh, a yeah. lot of the the Xerox movies, and I think their story mm-hmm. is very good, and the, and the the animations there. But Sleeping Beauty is just a work of well, art. And Bambi, of all too. oh yeah, Bambi, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the landscapes in Bambi are really breathtaking too. And so yeah, there's yeah. It's, there's what? Well, now we're just retreading every episode. We are, of the but, no, but I mean, well, some people <laughs> might just start with this one. Some people start with their favorite movie. They may not have heard the other ones. <laughs> okay. So listeners, go back and check out Bambi and Sleeping Beauty. Uh, But so then we find out that Penny is bringing up jewels from a cave and she's looking for the diamond. So this is where we find out more of like why they have Penny. I don't think we knew up into this point what they were using Penny for. What 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 was the diamond called? Is it the Devil's Eye? Devil's Eye. The Devil's Eye, the Devil's Bayou. Like Mm -hmm. not very inventive. Cruella (laughs) Deville. That well. might. I wonder if that's why. If they start it like with the story, thinking it was going to be Cruella. Oh, like she owned the Bayou or Maybe. something. Maybe. Yeah, huh. I don't know. Um, it was a family jewel. The the De- Deville's eye. It could. Yeah, I feel like I I'm making up my own backstory to all these. I'm, I'm into the backstory, but uh, so then it cuts to that the Crocs are like going to go to bed. Everybody's like going to go to bed into the morning. And they smell Bianca's perfume. That's what Bernard is assuming, that they smell her perfume. I was like, maybe they also just smell that they're mice, but I guess the perfume comes back later. Well, so. it, it was Chekhov's perfume because she's putting it on throughout the movie That's up to this point. point yeah. so. so they smell her perfume. They try to catch both of them. And then she saves Bernard. This is the first time yes. she saves Bernard from the croc. And then I loved this whole organ scene. I could watch this over again. It was very oh, yeah. funny and really creative. One crocodile is playing <laughs> the keys of the organ while the other one is waiting for... Playing, not just hitting them. Like playing like playing it. a little song. While the other one is waiting for the mice to shoot out of the organ pipes from the air when he presses the keys. Mm. And I loved it. It was, it was hilarious. Cool <laughs> yeah, it was great. And it looked very cat-like. I wonder if it was done by... I forgot which animator was the same one who did when Lucifer was looking for Gus and uh, oh, Jacques yeah. under the cups. Like it felt like that where he's like doing these little <laughs> and it like. Also, though, was reminiscent of the Croc and Peter Pan. Like yes. the way they yeah. were moving in that scene was a little bit reminiscent of that crocodile. You made a good point that they also had a very big flotsam jetsam from the. They uh, did, yeah. Kind of the uh, way they lurked and, and yeah. walked around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. So then they don't talk. Every they other don't animal talk. talks. No, they yeah, don't they talk. don't talk. <laughs> and then we go to Medusa, who's hearing the organ, and she's yelling at them. And then she sees a mouse, and 
I find it funny that like she dotes on these crocodiles and kisses <laughs> them and hugs them and loves them, but is so afraid of a mouse. She sees yeah. the, she sees Bernard at first, um, and we should say at this point too, the crocodile has Bernard in his mouth and just the tail is sticking out, and she hits the <laughs> crocodile over the head with her cane to tell them to be quiet, and she kind of saves Bernard in that moment. She's um, the real hero of this picture. She really is. Uh, <laughs> and then um, she then gets out her gun. This is where her gun. There's a lot of gun. There's a lot. There's a lot of gun. Her gun. One gun. Her gun, which hers, is like but... a multi-shot semi-automatic shotgun, as far as I can yeah, tell. I don't know a lot never, about yeah. guns. Well, she never reloads it. Yeah. So. Well, it's got a. It's got a clip. Yeah. <laughs> but it's clearly a shotgun because like. <laughs> Because of the barrel, yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. she starts just shooting, trying to shoot the mice, and then she shoots at Mr. <laughs> Snoop, and doesn't it like mess with his hair? Yeah. And uh, so it's like this whole chaotic scene, and then Evan Ru- Rude, Evan Rude, E V I N R U D E. Thank you, Evan Rude. Evan Rude comes back to pick them up because the mice have now fallen back into the water. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what happens there. Then I, you were talking about her voice, and what I will say is I love Medusa's voice here because she's so sing-songy, which Corella does that a little bit too. When Corella wants to be sweet and wants to get what she wants, she's got kind of a different voice than when she's yeah. herself all the time. And so when she's talking to Penny, she has this sing-songy voice saying, Auntie Medusa wants to talk to you. Come here. So I think that that, mm-hmm. um, I really like the change in her voice there as she was trying to be sweet to kind of lure penny to come talk and she's getting ready for bed and this is where we see her pull off her eyelashes and tara wants the next (laughs) time she dress she does a costume it's going to be madame medusa mid makeup removal don't give away all my secrets (laughs) oh i'm so sorry although i think we did talk about madame mim on i wanted to be her for halloween and then i was her so um but yeah i think it'd be really funny to just do the half she's got half lipstick on half lipstick off can I can I ask yeah. some can I ask some women questions of the two of you? Sure. Um, number one, if you were searching for uh, gold in a half dilapidated river boat, along with two crocodiles, uh, a complete beta male, and uh, a little orphan, would you bother getting dressed up and makeup on every day? I think it's well. I don't know if she's from the South. I we don't know where she comes from. I'm assuming she's but, from New York. But I would. There are, a, I think of it as, like, a Southern thing, but I think it's also a, like, businesswoman, like, New York thing as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you put on makeup as, I don't, I, I don't wear really any makeup, but I do know. And she's still so lovely, folks. Why, thank you. But I do know people who like women who don't leave the house without putting lipstick on. They won't put on anything else, but they'll make sure her lipstick's on. So it's like, I feel like that's Medusa. Like, she's got to put on her face before she yeah. goes Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I think it's like a thing. It's not a thing I do, but I know it's a thing a lot of women do. All right. Second question. Mm-hmm. Have either of you ever worn fake eyelashes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like that sounds and they awful do pull, to me. No, I don't wear you pull them off. Like they don't hurt, but they do like stretch your eye like that. I mean, yeah. they, they do. They made it a little bit more dramatic, but yeah, it's it's similar to what she did. I I just like I don't wear contact. I don't like the idea of a finger near my eyeball and the idea of like going like. Like that's, I've usually eyes. worn them for like cosplay Halloween type stuff. Have I've, we been around? Yeah. You were. Fake? I don't know that I've ever worn them with costumes that I've done with you, but yeah. I have done them in the past. I figured the two of you do costume stuff, so I figured. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I also, for me, sometimes they're a pain to put on, so I'd rather just like 
figure out another way to get my eyelashes to look. <laughs> I wore I wore mascara once <laughs> because I was in a play and they were doing my makeup and they were trying to see, oh, let's give a mascara. And uh, uh, listeners probably don't know this, but I have very large, long eyelashes. It's very luxurious eyelashes. <laughs> very nice. Um, <laughs> we're just complimenting maybe, each maybe other. He's Sorry, Danny. Um, Danny, also very lovely. But... What I'm saying is, when I put them on, it looked like I was like had like a fan, and I was just wave like every time I looked, it was like fwah, like hair would go back. It was bad, anyway. So were those your two questions, or did you have another one with that? Was it? I just okay. it was definitely one of the the, the best animated scenes. Yeah, I love. Oh a, I loved yeah, that whole sequence. It was great. With her. And then she says one of the like most hurtful and cruel things. Uh, when Penny's talking about being adopted and she says, who would ever want to have a little girl like you? Mm. Is that what she said? I, I don't know if she says that yeah. exactly, but she says something similar yeah. to that. She's awful. Yeah, she's real yeah. mean and real hurtful there. And then it cuts to the song with Penny and she's looking out over the sky crying. And it's just such a sad moment. This had a lot this of This is the like, part where I started tearing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it's now, a really yeah. dark dark well, spot in the movie for D- sure don yeah. bluth was one of the supervising animators on this we saw in the uh, credits and the darkness in this had a very bluth feel like it did like very all dogs and uh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. american tail and that sort of thing i mean well her looking up at the moon i was and, just gonna yeah. say that's yeah the what is that fifle and what's the song somewhere, somewhere out there there. that's what i sing whenever i go somewhere and you're not there i go out and i'm assuming you sing the same thing at the same time to the moon of course okay great yes um continuing uh only when it's a full moon i feel like it's a full moon in fightful oh, okay fair uh but so then we cut back to bianca and bernard and they get back on the boat the leaf and they're they're not done like they don't leave they're trying to get back to penny to mm-hmm. get back on the riverboat and then we see penny tucking teddy in and this is a cute little part too where she prays for all the kids in the orphanage she pays for like tommy and like she names them i must have yeah she's, out for that. she says you know oh we have to pray first and so she prays and that's um and she then she like has a tear and says hope she prays that somebody finds her message because mm. she really needs help and then that's where Bianca and Bernard kind of come in and say they're here to help. And at first, like, Penny doesn't, like, doesn't miss a beat. She's like, oh, hi, how are you? Like, immediately starts conversing with them. But then it's like, you didn't bring anybody big to help. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Yeah, like, I there weren't any dogs available who could come? I guess any not. Any larger animals? <laughs> uh, so then they're talking about, they lay out this whole plan, which happens later on in the movie. But they see the elevator that they can use as a cage. For the crocodiles. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about how they're going to use her perfume to lure them in there. And then Penny does this whole bit imitating Medusa. And it's really good. Like, she's got a little <laughs> so saunter like Medusa. And <laughs> it was such a good part. Uh, and then one of us, I think it was you, someone said it was like a grand plan. It was a pretty detailed plan that they no, all that came was, up with. I think it was everybody kind of agreed. Like, yeah, like it was mm-hmm. a pretty detailed plan. Well, because they lay out the plan and then there's a lot of time in the movie when they yeah. do yeah. the plan. So, But you also think the plan's going to happen right away. Yeah, and that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, so much time takes place. I think that's why they talk it out so it doesn't seem like, wow, they really coordinated this like spontaneously. <laughs> I guess that's a good point, yeah. So then, um, even raw, even rude, I'm never going to get it right, has to go back <laughs> to tell them that they need extra help. They need mm-hmm. extra hands. 
to the moonshiners. And so as he's on his way back, all these bats, and this is another kind of scary part, all of these like really intense bats with beady red eyes are basically trying mm-hmm. to eat the dragonfly who goes to get help and he takes shelter in a bottle so he can't tell them he needs help. And that's why I kind of thought the plan was going to happen right away is because he was going to get their help. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we cut to like the next day and we're at the cave and this is another like really dark part because Penny doesn't go anywhere without the teddy bear and Mr. Snoops talked about how like the last time Penny was in the cave she didn't want Teddy to get wet and you know she was so worried about Teddy so Medusa just snatches Teddy out of her hands and she's like I'm not going to give him back unless you go down there and get me the diamond so that's well, how she kind of yeah. forces her back down yeah. and just the whole situation with this kid going into like a small cave that floods everyone yeah that when high Mm -hmm. tide comes the water fills the cave back up is really scary yeah and she goes down in a bucket and there's bodies down there i know we go ooh, skeletons are different than bodies but those are (laughs) dead bodies down there and she goes down (laughs) she goes down in a bucket like in a well like Mm -hmm. in this little bucket but i love the part talking about the skeleton i love when she calls it a pirate's cave and bianca and bernard ask her how she knows that and she goes because of him. And she points at the skeleton <laughs> with the sword and, like, the pirate She hat. has no problem with it. This girl is going to have some therapy and some trauma she's gone through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then they're looking all around the cave. And Bernard, there's, like, this hole where the water comes up for high tide. And he's looking where it comes out. And you hear these horrifying sounds. And I think the sounds of the water rushing. And they see something past the hole. And so... There's this whole sequence where Bernard goes over and almost falls in. And Mm -hmm. then I think Bianca goes over and kind of the same thing happens. And when Penny holds up the lantern, it reflects the diamond that's inside of the skull. The head of a, a, like, a skull. And, um, they realize they found the devil's eye, but the water's coming up. So now they have to figure out how to get it out. And the diamond's too big to get out of the skull. Yeah. And so then it keeps happening with the water and then Penny goes over and then has to like pry it out with the sword. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's essentially just like a escalating the, the things rising. Like yeah. they're calling up to Medusa, Medusa and she's looking down like, no, I'm not letting you up here until you get it. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. about this because there was a point in this movie where I thought like, oh, this would be really good for a live action remake. But then, like, I thought about how much of a problem we had with Pete's Dragon and the abusive, Mm. like, abuse to children situation. And I'm like, I'm wondering if that would play out similarly in live action. Yeah, it would play out different live action. Yeah. Again, I think I I mentioned this to to you guys during the movie, but there's a movie called Holes that I feel like has a very similar plot line. I haven't seen it, but I remember it being a Disney movie where they were like, they got orphans and they were making them dig holes out in the desert for treasure. Another dark tale. I'm just saying. Check out holes. Yeah. So then (laughs) they're all swirling in the water. They finally get it out. They're swirling in the water and they bring them back up. And this is where like Medusa is mesmerized by this diamond. She's like, let me look at it. And we loved the bit where Snoops asks to look for it. Where Snoops asks. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's easy for you to say. Mr. Snoops asks to look at the diamond and she like quickly shows it to him. Yeah, she just goes, she goes, boop, boop, and then like closes her hands. Uh, And I loved that part. That was uh, like very comedic. But then he starts talking about wanting a cut and she's saying it's all hers. And then this is where like 
everybody starts turning on each other a little bit. Yeah, they get back to the house and she's got a gun to Penny and Snoops and she's like, you're going to stay here. And she's shoved the diamond into into Teddy, which I guess is like a little preemptive, like, why does she have to do that right now? Yeah, like there's no one she needs to hide the diamond from. It that is we've weird seen, that, that yeah. she yeah, she's like I've I've come to like Teddy and she threatens to blast them with the gun, Penny and Snoops. Mm-hmm. And then this is when she backs up and uh she trips over a wire that I think Bernard was it Bernard and Bianca Bernard and Bianca the wire. Laid. And then all the help comes as well. There's another scene oh. where we see them gather all the help and they travel <laughs> through the, the swamp. The help which includes Piglet's voice yes. as a reverend owl. <laughs> A Confederate uh, soldier turtle, which, okay, like, we're now living (laughs) in a time where it's just like, we never should have had any sort of nostalgia for the Confederacy, but this being taking place in um, the the South, like, this place is somewhere. I also like the idea of, since turtles live for a long time, that this turtle actually fought in the Civil War. Yeah, and was still around. I like that idea. Um, And then the Moonshiners, and Evan Rude escapes the bottle, comes in and is tired, and, and Luke is like, here have a little of this and gives him a drop of moonshine <laughs> uh-huh. and he leads the charge and then yeah. he takes the moonshine that gets him going and you didn't mention the other voice that is one of the characters from robin hood oh yeah luke is the sheriff oh. of nottingham yeah yeah so he's a, so there are a lot of yeah. uh recognizable a big, a big, voices a big 70s uh uh 70s disney mainstay Mm-hmm. <laughs> and essentially the whole plan happens so kind of the things we talked about earlier now all comes into play they trap the crocodiles um they shoot off the fireworks everywhere so they're distracting snoops and medusa and then they're trying to get the swamp mobile to start and that's where they use the moonshine because it's run out of gas so they use the moonshine to pour it in there <laughs> and they get the swamp mobile going and all of the critters and penny are on it and there's a rope that Medusa grabs onto at the last moment. And it looks like she's skiing the way that she's holding it in the water. And then the crocs come out from where they escaped. And then they're like her skis she, at one point. She starts participating in a lot more slapstick comedy than we normally see with female villains in Disney yeah. movies. Yeah. So good good for ladies. You get beat up more. Congratulations. <laughs> on the uh, but then that's Pat, where... Oh, sorry. Pat... Oh. It's spelled butt ram, but I'm going to excuse, assume it's Butram. <laughs> mm. uh, played Luke. He also was in the Aristocats and uh, Robin Hood. Wonderful. And then that's when, after she's with the Crocs uh, as her skis, she crashes into the riverboat where we think we heard another goofy holler. It's we think we heard a female, like her doing a goofy yeah. holler. It yeah. It sounded like they asked that actress to do it. And then that's when the Crocs turn on her. Like she's climbing yep. up that pole and they're snapping at her. So then it cuts to a TV in the uh, Rescue Society, Rescue Aid Society, <laughs> and Ryan is very curious how they got a giant TV into this. <laughs> because those those scouts look like they were having a hard time with an empty bottle. That's a good yeah. point, yeah. Uh, so we find out that the Devil's Eye Diamond is in the Smithsonian and that Penny's being adopted. And um, uh, by the way, we haven't talked about the amazing mustaches in this movie. We've got Rufus true. has an amazing mustache. <laughs> uh, El, 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 you, you infected Evan me with this. Yes, Evan Rude. Evan Rude <laughs> has has a wonderful mustache, and now Penny's father, new father, has just a great mustache. Yes. It's just very you you love to see it. <laughs> and so this is where she tells the reporter that she can talk to mice. And then, <laughs> what? what? Yeah. And then Evan Rude comes 
into the society and delivers a message that there's another call for help. And so then we see uh, Bianca immediately volunteers her and Bernard again, and they take off in the snow with Orville. And we look on the calendar, and he looks up at the date, and it's January, Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. So again, another uh, superstitious day to start. And uh, that's where we hear that other goofy holler, because Orville, like, basically... He goes to take off and kind of like falls down the building and Evan Rude like helps propel him. Like Superman. Like yeah. when like that helicopter was <laughs> crashing in the first Superman movie. Yeah. My goodness. And that's how it ends. They go on their next adventure. Whew. So Danny, we, as you know, we've got some questions to ask uh, that we usually ask at the end of each episode. Let me just make the window a little smaller so I can still see you. Okay, great. Uh, so how was the princess, which is typically in, in our words, the <laughs> protagonist? Yes. Um, so I'd say the princess in this case was Bianca and Bernard. Mm. And I, I love them both. I did too. I thought mm-hmm. they were great. Yeah. What did you think? I, I loved them. I, I mean, they're, they're such a great pair. They're so sweet together. I could watch yeah. 10 movies of them, honestly. <laughs> they're all, so, so we were talking about, this is a series of books, um, I tried to get them on, uh, get them. I don't think they're very easy to get off. Am- uh, you know, I didn't do like a huge deep dive trying to, yeah. get them, but I didn't, <laughs> couldn't find them on Amazon. Um, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, they're out there if we want to see more. And they're, you know, I they have the to sequel. recast them. Yeah, we'd have to recast them at this point. But I think you could <laughs> do another one if you wanted to. Uh, how was the prince? Let's say that the prince was uh, Penny. That's kind of their like main emotional yeah connection. i thought penny okay. was really sweet and i think her story was really heartbreaking and i'm yeah. glad it ended positively for yes. her yes. I, again i think for parents watching this we need to let them know that this movie does have a very happy ending no one dies including the bad guys it gets a little comedic but there are parts where you're like oh i hope this turns out yeah. good yeah and i liked how old do we think penny's yeah. supposed to be she's at a first grade reader so that'd be about uh seven six or seven yeah that's not right, Danny. I don't know why I'm asking you. You have an infant and not like an actual like <laughs> child. But do you, do you know what what what? How old is someone in first grade? Six or seven? I think I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah somewhere in there. Let's say between five and seven. We'll give her a little bit of a range. But I was curious because I like that they, the way they drew her. She has a gap in her teeth. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. It was I so sweet. Me. Yeah, it was just, I, she's just a really sweet with her two little pigtails, too. Like, she's yeah. just two little gap teeth, and she had a little lisp. It was, it, yeah. she was adorable. And, and it broke my heart at the beginning of the movie in the flashback scene. She called herself ugly, I think. And then later, Medu- uh, Medusa called her homely. And I was like, this oh, poor, yeah. sweet girl. Medusa has a lot yeah, of Yeah, Medusa, Medusa's a wild woman. Yeah, <laughs> but I just great. thought she was so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, how were the sidekicks? I would first like to go around the room and everyone tell me who their favorite swamp critter was. Hmm. Mm. 
I will go first. Since yeah, I'm, well, I'm thinking. It may be them. controversial, but I liked uh, General Stonewall Jackson the Turtle. Oh, gosh. I, <laughs> didn't have a name. I just enjoy the fact that I like that this turtle has lived so long. He was in the Civil War, and I'd like to know. What, I also like the idea. This is a terrible thing to think about, but the idea that there was a war between animals at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it, there's a whole other story there that I want to yeah. know. And the story could be this turtle just found a Confederate hat floating the yeah there you go just wear it just found an old go. hat <laughs> i'm better just, with I that <laughs> i want to know about the war between the states for animals because <laughs> i'm a weirdo yeah oh which swamp critter did you like the best danny ah uh, i thought the swamp critters were just okay oh okay i'd have to go with because i'm trying to think of all of them because i feel like I liked one that I don't really now remember as much. So I'll go with Ellie Mae because I was really like yeah. wanting to know her name the whole time. And I like that she, her weapon was a rolling pin. Like everybody like brings something with them. Like the one guy's got the fishing rod, <laughs> which carries the turtle eventually. He like, goes, I don't need any help. Yeah. I love that guy. So, and <laughs> so yeah, I'll go with Ellie Mae. Um, did you have a sidekick kind of side character that you did think you, you was, was the best, Danny? Yeah. Uh, Orville. You liked Orville? I really liked him. Yeah. Now I don't know if I don't know if we said this on on air, but in the next movie, the albatross is named Wilbur and played by John Candy. <laughs> and we noticed that that was Orville and Wilbur were the two flying characters. So yeah. Any, liked, any love for Evan Rude in the room? I liked the Crocs. Oh, you yeah, the Brutus Crocs. I like Brutus and Nero. I think they're my favorite side characters. They were just Evan so Rude was good. Good, but they yeah they they were great the crocs okay yeah yeah yeah. I, I liked them all the only one i didn't like was uh mr snoops i would agree with that mr. yeah snoops could have been out of that movie yeah and i would have been fine with it i don't know uh, why he was there <laughs> yeah the crocodiles i feel like had more personality than he did mm-hmm. you know what i mean as like her sidekicks i think he I was get in that love he with gets, her and she was like i get that he gets penny there <laughs> but i think you could have just written the story in a different way and you wouldn't have necessarily yes. needed him Mr. Snoops stunk. Did you just um, ship Mr. Snoops and Medusa? <laughs> I did. I did. Well, not exactly because I didn't think he thought they were in a relationship, and clearly they weren't. <laughs> That's how I foresee it. Like he, she, she seduced him in, in a way that got him to do her bidding, and then when he got like, "Well, I want half of that," she was like, "Nope." Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite musical number? There really wasn't one, and. I gotta be honest, the songs didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I wasn't really connected to any of them. I mean, they were fine, but mm-hmm. they, I I wouldn't say like, oh, I liked that one over another mm-hmm. one. How about you, Dan? Yeah. yeah, I feel the same. I liked the song at the beginning the most, but I honestly can't remember what it even was. <laughs> I think the one at the beginning, because I, I think I wrote it down, is The Journey, but I do remember when that came on, you said that that started jogging your memory for the yeah. movie. Yeah, as soon as it, as soon as the music started, I remembered it. Also, I was talking all the way through it, going, "I thought this was an animated <laughs> movie." Um, are either of you guys Carpenters fans? A little bit, but not. I'm not like a huge, huge fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. So that's probably part of the reason why I didn't really get into this music. 
Um, let's talk about about where where it held up. Um, obviously, we, it's got a drinking issue where there's a lot of <laughs> yeah, moonshine, moonshine talks. is used in a lot of different ways, yeah. like prominently, prominently, and it's yeah, a lot of them story. drinking and their eyes go wild and they breathe fire and like woohoo and they get really yeah. excited. Um, there's a lot of gunplay in it. Yeah. a lot of gunplay. Yes. Um, so if either of those are things you're not interested in, in showing to your kids, you might want to hold yeah, off on the rescuers for, for a little bit. I think it's it's good, but I think it might be a it would definitely be a PG nowadays. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but let's talk about uh, ethnic representation. I think we talked about a little bit, like with them all being, but they were all in the United yeah. Nations, so it made it a little bit more appropriate. Uh, female character. Let's talk about uh, female character agency. Do mm. we think they did a good job with Bianca at the end of the day? I know at one point we were kind of like, now hold on a second. I think they I think made so. a good attempt she... at the time. Bianca made choices all on her own and she showed her own initiative and you know she rescued uh bernard several times um but there were still like there were still some things that that i thought were kind of old-fashioned i i i don't know if we've talked about i'm sure we have but the 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 thing to me and some of the reason i feel like a lot of women who grew up watching disney movies really like the villains is because those are cases where you do see a lot of female agency mm. now mm-hmm. their agency is evil but mm-hmm. they're in charge of it and they're making the decisions yeah. they're doing yeah. all that i think madame medusa you know this is a scene where not only like mr snoops felt different from like jasper and horace to me i agree like where yeah. jasper and horace felt like they were hired and he was just like this bumbling like she was just completely in charge of him. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and we never really found out the relationship between them, right? Like, Horace yeah. and Jasper, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear she hired them to do a job. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the job they did. Even though he's taking care of Penny while she's not there, you don't get that she hired him to do that job, yeah. right? You right. get that maybe he's, like, the store clerk in the pawn shop. Like, maybe he's, like, the person who usually works the, the front of the pawn shop. I don't know. Like we never really get. He's the one who traded a typewriter for that, two crocodiles. That's true. Yeah, she never let him forget it. Yeah, exactly. Although those crocodiles helped Came her out. Handy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought they had good agency. I thought Penny was like a strong. Like you know, she was being saved, but she was also She's a, a child. child. Yeah. yeah. I think she was. I think strong her vulnerability will. was appropriate for her character. Yeah. Um. So now, Danny, we are going to go into the infallible scientific. <laughs> villain ranking yeah here we go this is i think we're only going with madame medusa as the one villain in this i think so snoops we're not gonna call a villain no okay uh so our so do you you know a little bit about how this works right please remind me (laughs) so we have uh folks i'll give her a quick reminder and we will be right back All right, guys, I have explained to Danny the infallible scientific villain Rankin, 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 Rankin and Bass. Rankin. Rankin. Uh, we are good to go. So let's, guys, let's start with the first thing, frightening. And I want us to remember how frightening we think Medusa, is, Madame Medusa is versus this movie. Because I think I, this is maybe just me be talking to myself. I attributed some scary scenes to how scary she is. What do you guys think? This, for me, may be the hardest villain ranking we've done because I really like her, but she's new to me, so I don't want to go all out and then like <laughs> yeah. really push her up the charts. I'm, leaving... I'm also still stinging from how low King uh, Prince John was, <laughs> and I think there's a block in my mind where I'm like, well, I don't think Matt, I don't want her to go above him. So I, I will go first, and I'm still deciding, but I'm between a three and a four on Frightening for her. Okay. Because... 
She is, like, what she's asking Penny to do, I think, is really terrifying. And she's, like, a wild, crazy Mm -hmm. lady. And in the end, like, she's sweet and sing-songy to her to get her to do what she wants. And it's clear that Penny is also very afraid of her. Okay. So I'll let you decide between that three and the four. Yeah. Danny, Mm -hmm. do you have an opinion? Yeah. I I mean, I hope you would. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and give her a four just because I think she is uber manipulative and dangerous because of that and there's a lot of there's a lot of frightening qualities behind the character okay yeah i'm gonna i'm giving her a four i'm doing the same um mostly because of like the real world implications of what Mm -hmm. she's doing is pretty harsh Mm -hmm. like i think we gave, you know, we it's gave child labor. It's it's oh, child, yeah. not even labor. It's endangerment. <laughs> I mean, it's more than like, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, and I'm also trying to say it in an appropriate way yep. too. But yeah. yeah, um, funny. So she, I'm like trying to put it into words, but like her, the way she was animated, she was very kind of like all over the place. But mm-hmm. she wasn't like, ha-ha, funny, like, didn't make me laugh like Captain Hook makes me laugh. Right. Yeah. However, I think her last scene, like I was saying when we were talking about it, it's the most slapstick, like, goofy stuff we've seen, I think, a female villain go through. Mm-hmm. With the crocodiles. With, with the crocodiles and the, like, yeah. skating on st- on the, on the crocodiles. Yeah, on them and all that stuff. So that gets her a little bump, in, in, in my opinion. I also think... Like you said, she's animated cartoonishly to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Danny, what do you think? I'm gonna give her a two in this category. I think okay. I think the animations, um, there's some good gag uh animations in there that I think the way that they made her move and and definitely by the end she got really slapsticky. Um, but not enough to be more than that for me. What do you think, Tara? I'm gonna give her a two as well. I'm gonna give her a three. And what's your reasoning? Part of it is because of that slapstickiness at the end. Part of it is also like, I think every time she was on screen, I think some of it was a little bit of nervous laughter, like this woman's insane. Mm -hmm. But we were laughing every time we saw her. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's a soft three, but I'm going to just put a three there. You know, it all evens out in the end, but that's my thought. Fierce. Now, this one I have a hard time with because I think if you asked Madame Medusa if she thought she was fierce, she would put a five. She'd put an eight. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but I don't know what we think. Danny, what's your thoughts on Ooh, this? This is a hard one. Um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give her a four. I'm going to give okay. her a four because I I think, I don't know. I, I think she was fierce. I think she came on the scene. She made great entrances. She had a lot of drama mm. about her. She had all that makeup and that hair. And like... I yeah, I think I think she got a four in that category. What do you think, Tara? Being the person with the list, I get the benefit of. I've seen the numbers of the other, but you also (laughs) see the numbers of the other ones. Not when I'm looking at this. Oh, you don't? No. So I'm trying to I erase everything and start a new. My my initial gut feeling was to give her a four, and I think the reason it's similar to what Danny said, but. I don't remember her much because I can't remember if I saw this movie in its entirety as a child, but I loved her from moment one. She was wild. She was like out there. I loved, like mm-hmm. I talked about her clothing. I talked about her makeup. I feel mm-hmm. like whenever I'm really into a villain, I'm obsessed with everything about them. And I feel like that happened here okay. for her. So that's a four. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm stuck somewhere between a three and a four. And I want one of the reasons why is I always call this drag queen energy. And if she doesn't seem like an old washed up drag queen, like who is just not allowed in the clubs anymore, has burnt too many bridges. <laughs> that's what she seems like to me. Or an old like lounge singer. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Same, yeah. same kind of energy where it's like, I used to be a star. My name yeah. was in lights, you know, like that sort of thing. I, I think I'm going to give her, I'm going to give her a three just to kind of be different. <laughs> but I, I was, it's, it's a hard three. So it's close to a four effective. She did get the diamond. She did get the diamond. She, did. she didn't keep the diamond, <laughs> but she had it in her hands in the bear. Yes. So if it weren't for woodland creatures, she would have a, yeah. a part, a, a, a contingency you can't always plan on. This is true. On critters. Yes. So I don't know. So is it a five or a four? I don't know that we've had anyone score a five. I think Maleficent scored a five because she almost got everything, but then they turned. She did everything she set out to do, but she didn't keep it for a long time. I think this is a very similar category. Yeah, because Remember, she... Maleficent got her to sleep, got the prince, did everything, and then at the end they had all that turn around. But her goal was the princess shall sleep, the princess, the, the the kingdom will do this, blah blah blah. I I I. I think she gets a five. She I had the she, diamond. Yeah. Like she, she not that it. she set out to do. That's why she took Penny was to get the diamond. I I may only give her a four because she didn't keep. Like the point was to then get rich off the diamond. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking myself out of a five. You want to go five? I didn't initially, but if we gave Maleficent a five, I yeah. feel like she did the same thing. It, the stakes weren't as didn't feel as high in some moments. The, but the only heart now that here's the thing: I don't remember if we gave Maleficent a five. I think we gave her close to a five. I know the 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 person I know we gave a five was Teddy Toddy from the whale that went to the Met because he kills a whale at the end. Like, that's well, then the if that's the case, then five. she gets a four. I think I'm going to go four, too. Danny, what do you want to do? A four. You're going to go four? <laughs> you convinced me, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a hard one. And guys, yeah. you know, you out there listening, if you don't agree, deal yes, with it. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, design. I, I, I loved her. Like, she was, again, I think she was kind of gross but like pretty at the same time and like (laughs) i think if you said like did i think she was pretty not a five but i think they designed her exactly to look like she looked like Mm -hmm. and milk call specifically says he wanted this villain to be the best villain he worked on and he drew every frame of her yes that i read yeah he drew everything of her so what's your number I think I'm going to give her a five. I think I think in in the terms of she said I think she was interesting to me. I like her look and and she accomplished everything that the the creators wanted her to do. So she's got a five for me for design. Yes. Yep. Oh, I'm uh, <laughs> sorry, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to give her a solid five. Okay. I'm going to give her a five as well. I was thinking on mine because a lot of what I like about her is what I like about Corilla. So then I go into. Oh, are we, do we dock points for originality? Oh, and that's why I was trying to figure out do I give her a five or not? Because she mimics a lot of the same energy, a lot of the same animation 
the movement, like a lot of those things. Madam, you have talked me into a four. And that so, is an yeah. excellent point, in my opinion. So I think I'm going to give her a four. My initial gut reaction was to give her a five. But I think she's Corilla Light. Like, I don't even say Corilla Light because she is Corilla in a lot of ways. But we mentioned earlier that she could be a relative of Corilla's. Exactly. So, mm. Danny, do you want to stick with your five? I'm sticking with my five, yeah. Right. I think I think she and Cruella can exist in the same universe and still be, you know. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. fair. Um, okay, so we have go away heat. I'm going to give her a little bit of go away heat because she was endangering a child. And I was like, good God, like that yeah. bothered me. Yeah. So what do you think? That was really hard to watch, honestly, how she treated Penny. Um I'm going to give her a two because at the same time, I really enjoyed having her on the screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do want to say that mere few weeks ago, we did give the Gogans, you gave the Gogans heavy go away heat for child endangerment. They also weren't interesting characters. Like I want to know everything about Madame Medusa. I want to know how she grew up. I want to know how she got the pawn shop. Like, Give me a give me a prequel about Madame Medusa. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to know anything else about the Gogans. Goodbye. Like go gone. <laughs> Goodbye, Gogans. Like get out of here. So I understand your point, but I I don't want to know anything else about them. Right. Okay. What What is your go away heat for? I think Madame I'm gonna Medusa? give it a two because of the child endangerment piece. I think it's it's a little bit more intense. So mm-hmm. okay. Yes, factor. Did you give it a number? I don't. Think I you gave, gave it a two number. as well. You gave it two. Yes, sorry. Okay. Um, yes, factor. Let's go with uh, uh, rescuer super fan Danny. Yes, factor. How excited were you to see her before the movie starts? How excited and kind of measure that also with how excited yeah, you ended up um, enjoying her. I, you know, between a four and a five for me, I'm gonna go with a four. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I I was super. I remembered her a little bit in the back of my mind from when I watched the movie when I was younger and I was so excited to see her again and see how she was actually different from what I remembered. And, and she was, she was crazy and wild and I loved it. (laughs) I'm going to give her a four as well. And for me, I was excited for a moment. Her entrance like got me pumped for her. Like when she comes in to answer that phone, (laughs) I was sold. Like I wanted to know more about her. I was really excited about her. And from what I read in the villain book beforehand, just like reading a little bit up on her, I was excited to see what she was going to be about. So that's why she gets a four for me. Ladies, I will be giving her a three because (laughs) I have to be honest, I'm tempering it quite a bit with how little I was excited to see her. Mm. Like, she's not a villain I ever think of. However... She will be now, though, for me. Again, yeah. For (laughs) me, that is also an increase where I like like her, but I think I still give her a three. Um, Part of it might be also my, like, I don't want to, like, oversell this one because I haven't looked what the total is. But I feel it may be pretty, pretty high. I think it's going to be high. Let's take a look. It is a solid 24. And if we're looking at the villain's rankings. Where does that put her? Ooh, that puts her. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. She is. She, Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new eighth place. Okay. Between Shere Khan and Lady Tremaine. Okay. Yeah. Is Madame she's Medusa. in good company up there. I think. Where's your Prince John? That doesn't matter. We don't have to talk about that. I think uh, he had a lot going against him from this corner. I think if we had had 
if I, we had had someone else in there, she would, he, he would have done much better. All right. But Danny, thank you so much for, uh, uh, you know, taking the time out to do this. I know we went a little late when, when, when you walked away for a moment, I didn't realize I was like, Oh my God, it's way later because I, I have to be honest. We had, we were having a very good time with this one. So thank you so much for this joining is wonderful. us. Wonderful. Um, thank you. If you want, uh, we ask our, uh, um, uh, guests to plug something that can be a personal project it can be somebody else's project that you've been enjoying it can just be peace on earth i always say peace on earth i guess i don't it could be if you want if you want to uh plug war that's it's your f- two few Yikes. minutes so. <laughs> it's not very me <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, if you're like all nations at war at once let's do this uh, yeah, I, I, I have an Instagram you can follow if you want. I do a lot of mini painting and drawing and stuff. Um, it's uh, Singing Forest with the number four, E-S-T. <laughs> and we'll also, you'll do a post. I'll absolutely yeah, we'll get that see, up. We'll so watch the, watch the Facebook, Facebook page and Twitter. As well yeah. When the episode comes out. Well, thanks guys uh, so much for listening. Next week um, we will be doing our next uh, big episode will be The Fox and the Hound with another very special guest. All right, till next time. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is to at trpdiaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh